What the hell's the name of this song? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant? I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, crowd number one. Barry Horn. Uh, he tried to get me in mid-chew. I miss Kevin. Is that how we're starting? Yes. Do we have to start on a down note? I miss Kevin. Why do you miss Kevin? I, I've been in contact with Kevin almost every day. He's at the Olympics in Rio. He has never mentioned your name once. Well, let me mention my name. I'm Evan Grant from the uh, Dallas Morning News. I am Barry Horn from the Dallas Morning News. This is the Ballsy Baseball Podcast. Ballsy Rangers Baseball Podcast. Right. And I think we should allay everybody, everybody's fears, the fears they may have. Kevin is okay in in Rio. He has not uh, gotten held up. He's not gotten uh, robbed, we think. And uh, he's having a heck of a time, I think. Is he? Has he danced the samba? I think he is. Uh, Ke- Kevin's hips are moving. Did Debbie go to Rio? No. He left, he left her home to take care of their four children while he's having while he's uh partying in rio i miss kevin when's he gonna be back barry well i think you know since this has turned into the kevin sherrington podcast i think as soon as he gets back he's going on vacation now what kind of job is that you get to go to the olympics for three weeks have a grand old time partying in rio and what's the first thing you do when you come back Go on vacation. Going, but actually, I think he's not. He's going to be uh, driving his daughter to her next adventure uh, in New York, where she's where she'll be moving. She's a University of Arkansas graduate. Yes, and I'll be driving my stepson to Fayetteville this weekend for his next big adventure, which is his first apartment. Wow! And I moved my daughter into an apartment at uh, Trinity University in San Antonio this weekend. And let me tell you, that's one expensive proposition. Well, let me tell you that one of the there should be YouTube video this weekend of me trying to assemble furniture. So, uh, you, you, are you don't go to IKEA. I, I, I hate to, I hate to ruin the sponsorship. I watched my daughter's roommate and her her apartment. You think mate. there's a there's an IKEA in Fayetteville? I watched my daughter's roommate called Walmart. My, my daughter's Wal- roommate's family. They spent Mart. the nearest. Ikea that they found was in Round Rock, which was 100 miles away. They they were missing a part and had to drive from San Antonio to Round Rock to assemble. And, and when they got it back, they couldn't assemble it anyway. It was it was crazy. All right. Well, enough about us, Barry. So, I, so now we know how difficult it is, watch this, to assemble a baseball team. <sighs> what, what a, a transition. What a segue. Uh, so what would you like to know about the Texas Rangers? Well, I would like to know about the Texas. My first question to you will be about Ian Desmond. How about that? Let's let's start. Let's start off with. I think Ian Desmond. Desmond's a good place to start because you know if you look at this team going into this week, as we start, they're on a twenty-one inning scoreless streak. Which, if my math holds correctly, that's more than two games worth of not being uh, offensively uh, challenged, productive. Been, that's and that's a difficult thing. Yeah, it's hard to win win without runs. Um, But I think what we're seeing from Ian Desmond is what Ian Desmond is. Uh, He is a very streaky player. Um, Started the season off in a very rough stretch for the first two weeks. Got a break, came back, uh, and really put together an elongated, uh, prolonged, not elongated, prolonged offensive uh, hot streak that carried him 
right up until the All-Star break. All-Star break came along, got four days off. He's come back, and he has not been the same hitter. He He's really been searching for it. Uh, I think he's hitting 170 since the All-Star break. Uh, the batting average has fallen now between, below 290. Uh, and it, this is uh, – listen, the first half is better than most of Desmond's hot streaks. You hope the second half isn't worse than most of his cold streaks. But this is, you know, this is who he is. I, I guess what the Rangers could try here is the idea of trying to unplug him for a couple of days, see if that breaks the uh, the bad habits that he's gotten into. Uh, they've got DeLiner to shield, who they could play in center field for a couple of days. But to this point, uh, I think the way manager Jeff Bannister has looked at it is he's gotten Desmond a periodic day off here and a periodic day off there don't think he sees a need for a multiple day kind of unplugged situation. And, and if I was sitting here a month ago, uh, which would be around July the 15th, it's probably August the 15th now, and I said, Nomar Mazzara will not be the American League Rookie of the Year, what would you have said to me? Well, I would have said that at that point in time it looked like the race was starting to, um, that there, there were other names in the race. And now it looks like, you know, Nomar has fallen to, Certainly second, if not third, or potentially even off the medal stand. Um, Tyler Naquin from Detroit has really, uh, from Cleveland, has really come on strong. Max Kepler has got more home runs and more RBIs than him. And what the Rangers saw yesterday from from Michael Fulmer of Detroit is the best rookie, maybe the best pitching performance uh, against the Rangers all season. The, the thing from Fulmer on Sunday that I think really stood out was here was a guy who had a 90 five mile an hour fastball that ranged from 95 to 97 and a power slider that re- that ran up to about 89 miles an hour and if you look at the the number of guys in the American League that have that repertoire that that kind of plus plus velocity on both the fastball and the slider you're talking about a select group you're talking about Justin Verlander you're talking about Carlos Rodon you're talking about Chris Archer uh, who the Rangers might face twice in the last 40 games. Talking about Carlos Carrasco in Cleveland, who the Rangers may face here in the next 10 days and could face in the postseason. And if you look back at that list of guys that the Rangers have, have and, and how they've profiled against that that group, they've really had trouble uh, this year. They've, they've faced those, that group of pitchers five times, and in four of those five games, they've managed four or fewer hits. So uh, that's a little bit troubling. That, 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 and Marcus Stroman is another guy who's kind of from Toronto, is another guy who's kind of right on the cusp of that group in terms of velocities. They could face Marcus Stroman in the postseason as well. All right, so let me just bring this up about uh, Fulmer. Tell, tell us how the Tigers got Fulmer, and he was, he was the hot shot pitcher in the trade from the Mets, correct? Well, you just told people how they got Fulmer. Well, but that oh, – you tell us now. You tell, you tell a better he story. He was the hot shot pitcher in the trade with the Mets for UNS Cespedes. Right, who – and the Mets – so who? if you have to go back and look at that trade now, the Mets got what they wanted. Certainly. They, well, they well, went to the a, World that's, Series. That's a conversation we always have with the Rangers and their – They went to the World Series. And, and their prospects. Um, and the, yeah, and, you know, the, the Rangers just gave up. Uh, Luis Ortiz in the Jonathan Lucroy deal. They gave up uh, Jared Eikhoff and Jake Thompson uh, in, in the Cole Hamels deal. Um, you look farther back, they gave up 
They gave up Hendricks in the uh, in one of the deals with the Cubs. Um, they gave up Tanner Roark to Washington for uh, Christian Guzman six years ago. Uh, yeah, though you give up pitching, which is the currency of the game, um, that's what it's going to take to get game-changing players for the short term. But in the long term, there's always going to be a price to be paid. And, and the Rangers are seeing some of that price. I, 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 no, no, no. And I just I just wanted to bring it up because I think it was worth it if for, for the Mets. So so I'm an advocate of the Rangers doing what they've you're you're the Mets. You you know you got to uh, your first World Series in ten years and put yourself in position. Cespedes did resign there and, and put yourself in position to be a contender uh, long term. And, and if any team had pitching depth last year, you know you would have thought it was the Mets with Syndergaard and Degrom and Harvey and Mats and and we've also seen how delicate it's pitching fragile. is. Fragile. It's, it's a very it. fragile enterprise. So. Um, but I, I was I was really impressed with Fulmer yesterday. I think the Rangers were as well, and I think that uh, that that they uh, they also saw a guy that could kind of guy who could pose problems for them here in the last couple of months. A guy with with a with an overwhelming fastball who could also elevate the pitch. You know, I, I think there were a couple of times yesterday where Rugnet Odor got himself out in key situations. Chasing high fastballs that, that just were not real smart uh, decisions on his part, and um, that's that's always going to be a challenge for Ruggie. All right, so give give me some good news about the Ranger pitching staff. The guys coming back or supposedly coming back from uh, off of injury, uh, well, arm injury. So let's, well, let's I, as we speak here on Monday. Um, Derek Holland is going to make his third rehab start. And the Rangers could go two different ways here. They could, if everything goes well tonight, they could potentially drop him into the rotation as quickly as the 20th later this week. Or they could have him make one more start, which I still think would be the most prudent method. Um, and because they've got two off days coming up in the next eight days, they've got a way that they can kind of juggle the rotation and maybe still steer away from an another start for Lucas Harrell if need be. Um, and, and potentially get Derek back by by the 25th of, of, of August. Hopefully have a fresher guy who's got an arm angle situation fixed. I think he had tried earlier this year to really raise his arm angle up, and it got his, his arm a little bit too close to his head, which uh, kind of prohibited him from, from getting the release point that he wanted. They've tried to move his arm a little bit farther away from the head. Should should take a little bit of stress off the shoulder as well, I think, um, which was a little bit of a concern. The biggest question on Derek Holland is going to be, does he have the stuff anymore to pitch the way he once did? And with a fastball that averages 90 to 92, you're now talking about in today's day and age where the average fastball is considered a 92-mile-an-hour fastball, you're talking about a guy trying to throw inside with less than dominating stuff. So he has to be the crafty left-hander. He's got to be. He's got to be much more consistent and much better at executing pitches. He cannot get guys out when he doesn't execute pitches. And so that brings us to the crafty right-hander, uh, Colby Lewis. Colby Lewis is quite good at executing his pitches. Right. He's also farther away than Derek Holland. Uh, he hopes to throw a, a bullpen or maybe live batting practice at the end of this week and get himself into a situation where he could start a rehab maybe 
maybe next week. But at, at a best-case scenario, that probably doesn't put him back in the rotation mix until the second week of September. The good news about that is he comes back. Rangers still potentially have control of the division of their, their own uh, fate in, in, in the playoff race. And you're looking at having a fresh 37-year-old Colby Lewis as opposed to a guy who's kind of beaten down uh, with all those innings at this point in time. Is, so, is it important that he does – that some help has got to come be on the way for, for these, his starting pitching? There have been some optimistic signs in the last couple of weeks. Martin Perez has finally put together a quality start. Uh, A.J. Griffin – Got he had a quality start. He shouldn't have gone to the se- the seventh inning yesterday. That, but the Rangers also were trying to protect a bullpen that's been over overworked. Uh, but yeah, they they need they need some guys to come in and, and produce fresh arms um, or, or produce fresh results with fresh arms. And and that's what what Derek Holland and, and Colby. That's the bet on them. That's part of why the Rangers didn't go out and pay the exorbitant prices for starting pitchers at, at the at the deadline. I think they felt like if they could get Holland and Lewis back, they'd have two guys who are effective pitchers and who are fresh for September and the postseason. Is Holland or Lewis a viable option? Not and Lewis, but is Holland or Lewis viable, a viable option for this team? Go if one, if only one of them can come back, is that enough? Uh, it's better than none. I mean, I I know that sounds evasive, but it's it's better than none. They need. They need at least one of those guys, and and I think they're fairly confident that they're they're going to get both back. Now, will they get both back as effective starters? I don't know. You look at AJ Griffin, who was very effective before his shoulder injury. He's come back. He's basically been a five a five inning pitcher, um, and, and he has struggled mightily with with um, with executing pitches. Should they should if he gives if he gives you five good innings, and he's given you five good. innings, should should that should they just cut him off at five, no matter what? Well, that's what they did with Giovanni Gallardo yeah. last year in the second half, and he didn't like that. He didn't like that, but that's also what they had to do, right? And it was effective. the The question right now is, you know, you start Darvish and you start Hamels on back to back days, and you presumably get six or seven innings out of both those guys, and and kind of uh, give most of the bullpen the day off, okay? And maybe back to back days off for some of those guys. Then you've got three guys after that where there are heavy work days. And I think you can make an argument either way. If you were to separate Darvish and Hamels, then you've got one day off for guys, and then they come back in the second day off. It's still potentially a lot of work. The bottom line is you need a third starter who's reliable. That's that's the easy solution here. Whether you whether you pitch them back to back or, or break them up by a day, what's what's most important is getting a third reliable starter out there. If Colby Lewis is healthy, certainly they feel like Colby's going to give them at least six innings every time out. But again, today is August fifteenth. I don't expect to see Colby Lewis pitching for this team before September fifth at the very best case scenario. September sixth. Was, was September sixth be too late? No. Okay. So, and, and the waiver wire, th- there's no help coming, right? Only if you want to take on a really bad contract. Um, and so, no, I don't think there is. I don't think there's going to be legitimate help coming from the waiver wire uh, as starting pitchers go. <coughs> Excuse me, Evan. You're yawning now. I'm coughing. You're boring me.
you you've been doing all the talking. You must be boring yourself. A little bit of that too, probably. So and and now let's let's move on a little bit. I want to talk about the schedule a little bit. The, Ranger, the Rangers' upcoming schedule for the next couple of weeks. Next couple of uh, talk. T- tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, th- this week uh, they've got Oakland coming in here. Oakland has has caused some issues for them, even though oh. the, the A's have been a, a last place club. But I, I I think that's been more circumstantial than anything else. Um, then they go to Tampa Bay, a last place club. Uh, again, Chris Archer has not had a great season to this point, but I expect that they'll see Chris Archer some play sometime during that weekend. And he does fit that profile of guys who have given them an awful lot of trouble this year. Uh, and then two games in Cincinnati. Then after that, you get a really challenging 14 game stretch, uh, into the first 10 days of September. Uh, you go, um, Four games here against Cleveland, and then um, you have uh, a. Uh, Are you looking this up? Or is you I'm looking it up right now, Barry, because I just forgot the order. It's it's Cleveland, Seattle, uh, Seattle, Houston, Seattle, Houston, and then Seattle. And the Mariners have made themselves legitimate contenders at this point. Uh, they're playing really good baseball right now. And those six games, or seven games actually, three here and then four in Seattle the first week of September, Labor Day week, uh, the, the week after Labor Day weekend, uh, the day, the days after Labor Day weekend, if I could get my English out, um, are going to be are going to be a real challenge. And it's an opportunity for the Rangers to, those are the last seven games they play against Seattle this year. It, it, it's an opportunity for the Rangers to, you know, if they win five of those games, basically knock the Mariners out of the ALS. Uh, Houston, the Rangers have three games against them uh, here in Arlington, uh, Labor Day weekend, and then they go to uh, Houston for three games, uh, September 12th, 13th, and 14th. And after that, the Rangers finish the season with no games uh, over their last 16 against teams with winning records. That that nece- that hasn't necessarily You know that I don't I don't want to hear that. Oh, they haven't played great they against They haven't. Okay, they haven't played great against bad teams. But here's the thing. You want to play good teams or do you want to play bad teams? I'd much rather play teams that don't win as many games as they lose. But but can you is there, is there any logical explanation? No, there's no logical explanation. It's all that's 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 coincidence. Coincidence? Yeah, it's it's coincidence. It's it's timing. It's 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 pitching matchups. There is, uh, you get into this. Oh, do they let down against? No, uh, no, no. They don't. No, I don't think they do. And I think that in the last two weeks of the season, this team is going to be smelling the division title. They're going to be smelling first seed in the American League. And uh, I, I, that's that's exactly the position that I want to be in, where 12 of your last 15 games are at home, and all 15 of those games are against teams that are well below 500. I mean, you've got three against Oakland, three against Los Angeles. You go to Oakland for three, come home for three against Milwaukee, and then finish with three more against Tampa Bay. All those teams are going to be looking at the future. They're going to be playing young players, and you're playing them at home you should have a huge advantage going into the final two weeks of the season. So, as long as you don't completely stumble during this two-week stretch that's coming up here, or what happens if when they get if they get to the postseason off that, then will people be 
complaining because people always complain or people be second guessing. Oh, they finished against no uh, set you know no, low, I, low, lower rung teams that did not that did not set them up well for the postseason. I think the bigger misconception here would be for people to think that if they get to the playoffs, they're fine with Darvish and Hamels as their one two. They and are. saying but, that Darvish Hamels in one pitches pitch one two, and then they pitch four five in a five game series, and so the Rangers. They're, they're not invincible. They're not but invincible. Here's the bottom line. The Rangers have started that combo back-to-back nine times this year. Yeah. They've won both of those games once. So you can't count and, – and, and, we're, and we're also now talking about playing playoff-level competition. And you're going against ones and twos from other teams right. as well. So you can't count on that. That's why you've got to have a number three who is pitching well at that point in time. Does Martin Perez get a second breath? Has he kind of gotten over that hump now that he's 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 passed a career high in major league innings? Maybe he's he he's now, you know, after going through the stretch the, that stress of, boy, I've never felt this tired before. I've never felt this tired before. Maybe now he's acclimated to it. You're the expert. I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you move over a little bit so you can get on the spot? Move a little to the left. Okay, you're on the spot. Will he be an effective number three? My issue with, with Martin Perez, and, and this sounds, it, 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 we've beaten it into the ground, and it is, it's, it's, it's tired and often trite, but you look back at his starts, and there seems to be a walk on a close pitch that leads to a big inning or an error that he can't seem to pitch around. And those are high-stress situations that will, that will arise in the playoffs. Um, so... Do I want him as my number three in the postseason? No. The guy I'd want as my number three in the postseason would be Colby, Colby Lewis. Lewis yeah. He's got a good postseason track record. I think he's really motivated after being left out of the postseason rotation last year as they tried to play some matchups. Um, and I think that uh, I think that he's going to be he's going to be fresh. They're trying to take every effort they can with this lat muscle to make sure that not only is it healed, but that there's no weakness anywhere in there. Because the last thing that you need is for him to go out and make one start and tweak something again. Evan, I know we've been in here for a while, but I've just noticed. What have you done to your facial hair? I shaved it, Barry. You shaved your goatee? Yeah, that's a trademark. Why? Is this... Is, is this uh, a pennant, no beard. Is, is it, what, what, what are we doing? Summer heat, Barry. The goatee was very hot. But you've had that goatee forever. I'll grow it back. I'll get lazy one weekend. I won't shave. I'll grow it back. Let's get back to Ranger baseball. I think that's a very big part of Ranger baseball. Yeah. That's a very big part of Ranger baseball. Actually, you know why I shaved this beard? No. Uh, I walked into the clubhouse, and Ian Desmond said, you look too scruffy. Is that right? See? Yeah. And so I shaved it. Should he, should he and Desmond? I, I know he's a he's a clubhouse leader. Or is, is he? No, he's, he's a certainly. Should I he certainly, dictate to you how you should show up? I certainly trust Ian's uh, grooming sense. Yes. Really? Yes. So so I we did connect this to the Rangers. This this is a Ranger influence. I would like of, to say that many of the Rangers have also said I look much younger now. Really? Name one. They, come on, who 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 said that? I'm trying to think. Yeah, but but a couple did. Who calls Beltran? Uh, 
the, I'm just thinking of some of the senior citizens. Yes, uh, I know uh, what you're thinking. But no, they, they think I look much younger, and, and also I think they, they've, it's been mentioned to me, I'm much better looking. I may have made up the much better did, looking did, part. Did this come out of the manager's office at all? No, the manager thinks I'm scruffy and scrappy. And All right, let's get back to the Rangers now. Yeah. What, what else What else do you want to talk about? Should, should we talk about the Prince Fielder goodbye? Um. Yeah, it's been a week, but it's uh, that's still. Boy, that was a uh, that was a uh, as raw press conference as I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, I sat in the front row there, and if you were watching on TV or or listening on radio, certainly you heard him crack his, his voice crack up. Um, but there were rivers of tears running down his face. I mean rivers. What about his teammates who were, who were? I couldn't really see over to the side where most of the teammates were. Afterwards, they they were very, you know, very respectful and and very. But I think that most of these guys also knew that this was coming. Sure. Um, you know, Prince. What was revealed at the press conference was that the doctors had recommended that he have the second surgery and that he not play baseball again, that they wouldn't clear him. And and I think many of his teammates had been made aware of that and were kind of stealing themselves for the announcement. Um, But it was Prince who had to speak the words. And it was Prince who, you know, I go back to... I was fortunate enough to get that time with him in in Orlando in January of 2015 and talk to a guy who I thought really had rediscovered uh, the joy in baseball that he once had. And and I think that 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 time away from the game made him cherish it that much more. And he was a huge presence in the clubhouse in 2015. He had the biggest laugh in the room. He was always a guy who was willing to be playful with his teammates. He also was a guy who took guys who were making big jumps, like Keone Kella and Delano DeShields, two guys who were 22 last year when they came up for the first time, were making jumps in, in, in DeShields' case from double A. Uh, and, 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 and Prince really looked out for those guys and, and said to me, you know, I made the mis- I made mistakes when I was 20 and I was in the big leagues. And I was a kid trying to trying to live as a man and I'm, I'm trying to help them not make the same mistakes that I made you're you're in clubhouses far far more much obviously more than I more than most people can too, too much be made out of that or not enough made out of it or just the right is, is the, the, we, we always hear when we're t- talking about the Rangers the clubhouse presence clubhouse presence of Desmond of Beltre of 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 Prince uh can too much be made out of that? No, I mean, okay. li- listen. You, you work at people work in office situations, and and they they spend eight or nine hours in an office every day. These guys spend eight or nine hours to, together every day. A lot of them without many off days. You know, over the course of February fifteenth to, in the Rangers' case, they hope November first. Right. Um, they travel together. They see each other in. In, in hotels and, and and they go out to dinner. They socialize. It, it is more than just an office environment. And you are trying to, you, you do see their performance that you do see their performances, um, laid out bare in front of everybody. Whereas you know, guys who work in accounts payable here, I don't, 
I don't see them. I don't talk to them. I don't know what their performance level is. These all perform the same job, basically. These guys all do. And they all have ability to impact one another and to try and help them. And there is a uh, there is that atmosphere of this is a this is a hard game to play. It's a hard uh, it's a hard task to to try and master. And I think that players are often very uh, shy when it comes to asking for help. And so when somebody comes to them and says, "Hey, you know what? I've been in your situation. Um, tell me what you're thinking, or let me tell you what I was thinking here." Um, and it opens up levels of conversation. Yeah, it's just like when you have a good coworker who says the right thing to you at the right time, or who uh, sends you an email and says, "Hey, that one story you wrote in the last six—I'm using you as an example." That one story you wrote in the last six months, it was really good. It was really interesting. I don't like where this is going now. <laughs> Come on, what, 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 what? Why do you have to be that way? I'm kidding you, Barry. But you know what it you know what it means to get positive feedback from coworkers and from people you respect, and for for people. I mean, you've done this for you and Kevin are two of the guys in in our department who have been very uh, involved with other workers. Oh my, that's what. That, now you're going to try and tell me how old I am next. No, I, no, I you, understand. But but what you do is you. I think you guys see the value in. Let me let me try and, and and create a positive environment here. And the same thing goes with with these players, especially when guys are going through through struggles for the first time, something they haven't experienced that other guys have. All right. Well, so I don't know where to go go with that. I did get. I just want to tell you, you brought up Kevin, and this is hot off the presses from. Rio. Kevin is Kevin has just texted me. What does he say? He wants to know if we're doing a podcast today. Yes. Wants to tell us he cannot be on the podcast today. And and, and he says it's time for a new intro. Time for a new intro and to get an, an outro and to get a, a new finish. I don't know what he's doing in Rio, why he's thinking about this, but that's the text message I just got from him. Okay. Well, we'll work on that. Uh, I know... I know producer Tommy can get right on top of that, you know, because I, I have to tell you that people don't see Tommy Noel. They don't. And the guy has much, nothing, that's much to their misfortune. The guy has absolutely nothing to do all day except for the 85 videos that he produces, the podcast. What else, Tommy? What else do you have? Tommy, that's the microphone from talking to the microphone. I was actually at the Prince Fielder uh, press conference with you. Did you know that? I was there last week. No, Evan was focused. <laughs> Didn't you hear Evan? Evan, I was sitting in front of Prince. All I could I see was, was Prince. All and, I could see were the tears, Tommy. Yes, Prince, right. Prince and I made eye contact for, throughout. I had no time for anyone else. And you know what else Tommy does while he's here? Tommy finds deals on Diet Dr. Pepper. Around, around the area? Yes. Where, where, where's the best place to pick up a DDP now. <laughs> I, I, you know, I haven't looked at the ads yet, but uh, I, I just like to save money. That, that's where that comes Don't we all? Yeah. Don't Barry's especially good at this. Is that an ethnic slur? No. Yes, that was. I could tell that was. I know where you're going with that. I think maybe maybe it's time to say goodbye. But before we say goodbye, Evan, what else do, do we have going this week? What well, the we, podcast? We had David Moore from California on the Cowboys Ballsy. 
uh, to talk about uh, Dak Prescott and really the fact that the season has been solved because Dak Prescott had a good half. Season's been saved, yeah. Solved and saved um, in the in the Cowboys' first exhibition game. And also I wrung my hands a bunch over the defense, which I guess I'm going to do pretty much every week until they prove me wrong. Uh, and that was our other podcast for today. We we have we have temporarily put while Kevin is on assignment, we've put the college podcast for a couple of weeks on on hiatus. I've, I've asked, him, I've begged him to come on with us so we could do an Olympic podcast. I think there'd be a lot of fascinating stories. I think there but would he, too. He has no time for us. I, I well, he's got to dance the samba. You know, it's it, it, I'm stunned by his lack of loyalty to the podcast. Yes, yeah, I am too, Kevin. Oh, uh, Barry, whatever your name is. Um, Tommy, this well, is... I, but also tell people, I, I I have a list from higher authorities of everything we now have to say before we before we can go. How can people subscribe to the podcast? Well, you know, we run a transcript of some of the podcasts every week on on, da- on DallasNews.com, on SportsDay.DallasNews.com, Sports uh, and there are links there for... for people to subscribe also you can subscribe on the itunes store simply by searching for ballsy b-a-l-l-z-y podcast one word one word and uh if you go to our twitter page uh at ballsy podcast also spelled b-a-l-l-z-y podcast do we have to work on our ballsiness i i think we do <sighs> Evan, Evan, I'm so sorry I caught you without a witty, twitty response. Now tell me now, let's, before we go, tell me how many more Twitter followers you have than I so that, so that, that you can leave here on a high note. Hang on, Barry. Uh, look, look at this. He's, he's counting his Twitter followers. Yeah, 35,000, 132,000. You got a million, right? Are you up to? Oh, Barry. I, no, I only have about. Look at him now. 45,000 more than you. Oh, uh, is that all? Yeah. Because you're a much nicer, humbler, engaging personality no, I am, than I am. I am a complete and total uh, smartass on Twitter, which really is the way that you have to negotiate Twitter. You have to. You can't, you can't otherwise it'll kill you. It, it'll eat you up a lot. But I will say this, that I, it, I, I do enjoy Twitter. I do enjoy interacting with readers on Twitter. I do enjoy questions. And there have been a number of times when, when folks have actually asked questions that, believe it or not, have, have led to a story angle. And, you know, that's the great thing about that. That is when you cut down to what social media can do um, from our perspective, it's an opportunity to let the readers help. Uh, you do your job. So w- those that help you help direct help. the coverage. Help direct things that they're interested in. Is there in. something in it for them? Uh, is there is there a monetary... Uh, do you take them to dinner? No. Why, why, why are you doing that? Because, because you, you told me you would take me to dinner on another, on another podcast. Okay. I, I want to get more people to know... Here's the bottom line. The, 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 if you get Jerry Jones, the real Jerry Jones... Not Gordon Keith doing the fake Jerry Jones. If you hey, that get, might be more entertaining. If you get Jerry Jones to join us on the Ballsy Podcast, I will take you and your wife and David Moore and his wife to dinner along with my wife and I. That I just wanted to get that out there. I wanted, I wanted another million people to hear that. 
And listen, I think that all of our audience would love for me to take you out to dinner too. On this, on, on I'm this. only surprised you d- you didn't uh, drop any restaurants' names here on this. Get podcast. Jerry Jones on the podcast. We'll ta- I'll take you out. To- you know what I'll do? There's a neighborhood services I opening knew- at the Star. Is there, there really? is a neighborhood services opening at the Star? We will dine at neighborhood services. Maybe Jerry will join us. You know what? That'll be that will be my goal for the Cowboy season. We will do a podcast, a road podcast. Is that okay with you, Tommy? Okay. We'll do a road podcast from the star, and then we'll, we'll go in and have a, a little nosh. What about Jerry Jones? Are you getting Jerry yes, Jones? Yes, he'll be. Yes, I'm not going out to the star to, to go You're out there with you. to get Jerry Jones I'm on committing the to try and get to get him out there. There's no, there is no try. I will get him. All right. Okay? Okay. I'm not saying what week. But I, I'm telling. I will call my good friend. Well, I'm not taking you. I will. I will call my good friend Rich Dalrymple, and say Rick and fix shmo- this shiz and and schmooze with Rich. Maybe I'll call. I have somebody even more important than Rich Dalrymple. I'll call Jerry's personal secretary. Here he goes with the name dropping. Marilyn Love. All right, get it. Who who may be the second most powerful, important person out there, and try to set this up. Get it set up. And maybe we'll have her come for, come to lunch as well. Because she'll be out there, too. Sure. Sure. Why not, Barry? And, and, hey, you're buying. Why not? You're buying. All right. Get Jerry. All right, Tommy, it's time to cue the music. Okay. This this may be one of the last times we, we cue the music. Because now in Rio, in Rio de Janeiro, they're yakking. They're, they're rallying for us to change the intro and the outro. Tommy, music. Goodbye. Bye, Tommy. <laughs>